You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to the Heavenly Father. Hey, my name is Sean Tice, and excited to have you again on the Let's Talk About Fatherlessness show. I have a guest with us today named Brian Doyle. He has a ministry called Iron Sharpens Iron. I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself and introduce his ministry a little more. Yeah. Hi, Sean. Uh, The ministry is uh, committed to equipping men in the key roles that they play. Now, today we're talking about being a father. That's right up there at the top of the key roles that men play. And we'll talk about when that guy isn't there, uh, the problems that come with it. Uh, But we're here to help guys, whatever season of life they are in, and help them to excel as a godly father, godly husband, godly brother, godly man in the workforce, godly churchman, whatever it might be. It's interesting, though, that uh, the most popular topics, because these are equipping seminars that we do, where we offer men a choice of 16 different seminars. They get to pick two or three. And uh, if you're a dad, you're going to seminars on being a father. It's one of the reasons that men go to these seminars in such large numbers is because overall in the local church, there's nothing to equip men in the role of a father. Mm. Once in a while, churches do stuff for parents, but it doesn't feel dad safe. And it's not really addressing the unique things that God has given men to do in the role as a parent, not, not just as a parent, but unique masculine role that they have as men. Uh, so I've stepped into that. I uh, left industry in 1995, worked for a ministry called Promise Keepers for five years in the late 90s. That was a lot of fun. Promise Keepers kind of changed a little bit. And we started what is now Iron Shepherds Iron back in January of 2000. So the most visible thing we do are the equipping conferences, conferences, but all year round, our team, wherever they may be, uh, is equipping churches. To, to equip men, train men in the most important roles that God's asked them to step into. So I'm a dad. Uh, I was married for 30 years. My sweet wife passed away about five years ago. Uh, but my kids are still here, and they are now turning 20, uh, 22, 24, 26, and 28. So I'm in a unique season of being a dad. Totally love it. It's the most fun and important thing that I do. That's great. And I really appreciate your ministry and, and just excited to, to learn from you about the issue of fatherlessness. And, and I love what you do because when you grow up without a dad, it, you're oftentimes you, you're picking and choosing, trying to figure out, well, how can I be a dad? How can I be a husband um, if I didn't have that role model in my home? And so I know I did that. I picked and choose from people, and I didn't even do it on purpose a lot of times, but I would see this one dad, the way he was acting with his kids, and I'd be like, I want to be like that. Or I'd see this dad and say, I don't want to be like that. Or this husband, the way he talked to his wife, I didn't really like the way he talked to his wife, or I liked the way he talked right. to his wife. And and so I, I, I think what you're doing is so important because you are doing that that concept of iron sharpens iron. You're, you're, you're helping people fine tune the different things that they're, you know, they might not have the ability to do themselves. And so right. tell us a little more about, about your process. Um, you know, just to let people know more about your ministry. Um, 
where you guys meet, you know, how often the, the, these meetings happen, just to, so people that are listening can know, hey, I could be involved in this, or a pastor, our church can be involved in this. Sure. Uh, well, we do things all year round. We have virtual uh, training that goes on all the time. Uh, what right now, you and I are speaking in, in the early spring of 2023. And there are conferences going on every Saturday. So last Saturday, Saturday before, next Saturday, Saturday after, different places. Uh, people can go to ironshepherdsiron.net and check out where those conferences are. But the point of a conference is whether you have a dad or don't have a dad. I did have a dad. He was not a Christ follower when we were growing up, but he was a dad. And so that provided a lot for me. It did not necessarily point me to Jesus because he didn't know Jesus to point me to. Well, whether you're in a situation where you don't have a dad, don't have anybody to anchor you in that way. Uh, I like what you said as far as uh, we're looking around, all of us, whether you have a dad or not, we're all perusing the horizon, trying to see what we respect, what we honor, what we're attracted to. Uh, and the scriptures are a huge part of that as well. The scriptures give us a good sense might be a short sense but the scriptures give us a sense of um who our heavenly father is because like your shirt says god is my dad well that's what jesus said that god is my dad and so we point men no matter what their father state is we point men to the scriptures as the model because there's no better model for being a godly father than god the father and so i'm looking here at uh, the baptism and temptation of Jesus, which is in a couple of the Gospels. I'm happy to look at Mark 1 right now. And here, Jesus was baptized. He's coming up out of the water in verse 10. The, the Spirit comes down, descends on him like a dove. And then, verse 11, Mark 1, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And so... Yeah, I don't know how much my dad really did that. And, you know, the guys who are watching us or thinking about it, I'd encourage them to think how many times did their dad say anything like this? But this is the model. So if you are a dad, there is a model. And the model is here in Scripture. Yeah, we get a sense, like you said, I like what that guy does. I like what that guy does. What you really want to like is what's in here. Yes. Because this is what every child is designed to hear. You are my son. That, that, that's an identity. Yeah. Uh, every child needs to go, whose am I? Whose am I? And if he doesn't see a dad that he can reach out and touch, well, he knows he's got a heavenly father. He needs to be introduced to his heavenly father. Whom I love. Every child, every son and daughter, every boy and girl needs to hear those words. Ideally, plan A is from their own biological dad. If not, then somebody else, guys like me, step into that gap, look a child in the eye and say, I love you just the way you are right now. Uh, then God the Father says, this is my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And this isn't because you hit a home run or you got an A on the report card. This is just because I'm well-placed. I think you're awesome. I'm proud of you. You're tremendous. I love being around you. That's what kids need to hear from a male 
like a dad. If it's not dad, then grandpa, then uncle, then friend of the family, then churchman. We step into that role. That's what we do with Christian men through Iron Sharpens Iron. First of all, we make sure they're doing it with their own children if they have children. Mm-hmm. Second of all, they step into the role that was meant to play by another man, but he abdicated it or isn't there anymore. There's plenty of kids in every local church in America that need a a male voice speaking into their life, presence of their earthly father, says, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Identity, how you feel about him and what you think about him. Identity, what you feel and what you think. That's great. And, and I think what you're doing, is, like I said, it's invaluable for men. And so I really appreciate that. They can find, uh, like, a, I think there's a map or something where they can find different events on your website, Iron Sharpens Iron. Yeah, there's a map there, right? And they can, and there's <clears> information. <throat> and, you know, you can put it up there on the screen. They can, you know, contact me for sure, brian.doyle at ironsharpensiron.net. Here's the point uh, we're here to compliment. Yeah. With the typical local, there are exceptional local churches out there, but there's just not that many. We're, we complement what the typical local church does or doesn't do. In this case, we have this little niche area of equipping men. Uh, we believe that when you build godly men, everybody wins. We believe that that's God's design. That when uh, when I step into a local church with my family, I'm not a constituent, I'm a leader, and this is my tribe. Local churches don't, intellectually, they probably would go, yeah, yeah, we know that, but they don't treat me like a leader. They don't treat me like I'm an influencer. They don't treat me like I'm responsible for this tribe because they've got something for everybody in my tribe. And they start pointing them to, we got this, we got this, we got this, we got this. So here's what happens to dads. This this, by the way, is bad. Uh, you know, I want local churches to have world class, to do everything they do world class, youth ministry, children's ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry. But the danger with that, and it's more than a danger, but I'll be mild and say the danger with that is that you take the pressure off the man, that God designed pressure that he's supposed to feel to be the spiritual leader in his home. Yeah. Most men don't feel super spiritual. Most men, they're not really acquainted well with the Bible. They're, they have more of a general contractor mode of living. They find experts and they get their kids connected to the experts, whether it's sports, art, music, you know, Bible, <laughs> whatever it might be. Let's find someone who can do this and get you connected because it's important. So their heart's in the right place. But their execution is not. So good intention for execution. We're here uh, to equip men who want to be the spiritual leaders in their home, but that they have yet to get that kind of training, that kind of encouragement. They've yet to really get the exhortation to rise up and be that man. Uh, churches have, frankly, missed the boat here on this one. And, uh, we've, and we've invented our own plan of how to raise the next generation of godly people, and it's not biblical, and it's not working. That's great, and I, and I'm so thankful for uh, your organization, what you guys uh, do with that. Now, you've been doing this for a long time. You've been promise keepers, iron sharpens iron, 
What's some trends you've seen with the issue of fodlessness, with the things that are happening in our nation, uh, with our, your ministry? What have you seen, how the thing, culture shifted with the issue of fodlessness? Yeah, I mean, this is tragic. Uh, when Dad sent in the picture, again, I, I, I go back to the scriptures, and that this is my base. I, I want to understand what God designed. What did God intend? God intended there be a father. And when there is no father, we've blown up God's design. So now we're in repair mode. That's never a good thing. So the first thing I say in fatherlessness when I talk about uh, what you would talk about trends is we need to go back to the scriptures. Yes, we do need to be in repair mode because a lot of families, a lot of young men and women need uh, the roles of guys like you and I to step into it. But we don't want to create a model that's a repair mode model. There is a model, and it's in the scripture, and it's one man, one woman for life with their own children, equipping that mom and dad to be the spiritual influencers, the primary spiritual influencers in the life of their kids. What's happened, Sean, in local churches, and this is something that you and I need to be careful of, is that because uh, local churches want to help everybody, we've created a lot of resources for really kids who don't have engaged dads. Uh, Whether they have a dad or not, if he's not engaged, he's he's borderline fatherlessness. It's a fatherlessness issue. So we've created all these issues all these uh, programs to deal with these issues. And what what has happened is that uh, dads have then sent their children to these programs. And now we've got programs that are are trying to reach all kinds of people, whether you have a father or not. Uh, So that's a caution to local church ministry. Be careful. Make sure that plan A is that you're strengthening the nuclear family and the extended family. Plan B Get that nuclear family and extended family engaged in the life of children who need the presence of a man. The church cannot do what a man can do. The church cannot do what God designed a man to do. God designed me to step into the life of my children and be the spiritual leader. Uh, That's not something a Sunday school program can do. It's not something that a, a, a sports team can do. Uh, but a coach might be able to do it. Uh, a mature man of God might be able to do it. And so when you go, when you come to a ministry like Iron Shepherd's Iron, what you'll see are resources where mature men, like one, I'll just highlight one as an example. It's not the only one, but it's one that sticks out to me on a regular basis is a Trail Life USA, which is a, a, a scouting alternative. I, I was in the Boy Scouts growing up. And it was, uh, I had mature men, in addition to my dad, who was not a scout leader, I had mature men who were speaking into my life. That's a good thing. Uh, We want that to happen to everybody, especially if you don't have a dad in the home. Of course, Boy Scouts have lost their way, which is okay. Lost people lose their way. We don't need to follow lost people, even though they invite us. We say, no, thank you. You've lost your way. I want to find someone who hasn't lost their way. Trail Life USA is Christ-centered, focused on the Bible, uh, connected to local church ministry. It's a nice alternative. 
for Christians. And I would recommend it. And so what you happen, what happens with Trail Life USA is that regular guys like you and me, not Bible scholars, regular guys who love the next generation, their own next generation and the next generation around them can step in and be a godly male role model into the life of children, can sometimes be the most important role model in the life of their children. I mean, and all you got to do is show up, you know, like the whole saying, half the battle showing up. That's just part of it, showing up, taking kids out on outings, doing outdoor activities. There's a variety of things like that uh, that are just outstanding. So single moms, what do you do? You make sure that your sons and daughters find programs like this. This is designed for sons. Uh, I call it growing godly boys. Uh, get these uh, young boys connected to godly men. If you want your son to be a godly man, first he's got to be a godly boy, and he needs to be connected to a godly man. Uh, the influence of that is, you know, again, it's a God-designed influence. It's not because we're awesome. It's because God's awesome, and he designed it to work that way. I mean, when I was a, uh, a relatively young dad, I had uh, three boys who were at the time uh, eight, six, and four. And so I started to coach Little League. Now, it wasn't because I was an outstanding baseball player. I was a marginal baseball player, but I had three sons. I said, hey, I want to do this with my boys. So I signed up, got my hat, got my shirt, and uh, got my blessing. And I was a baseball coach, primarily for my three sons, one of which was a mascot. Uh, but I remember one of the early days of coaching Little League. And of course, I'm in a regular community with regular kids. And that means all kinds of people are showing up. Uh, after practice one day, well, there's many times like this, but just one continues to resonate in my heart. Such a memory. A little guy came up to me just after practice. And um, he comes up. He gives me the biggest bear hug possible and mm -hmm. says, Thanks, coach. See you next time. And I'm like, all right, see you next time. <laughs> as I realized, as I recognized later, he did not have a dad in the home. I was quickly the most significant male in his life after two or three practices who affirmed him, who said things. Remember, we talked about this, who said affirming things to him, who built him up who looked him in the eye, who gave him unconditional love and attention just because I'm a godly man. That's what I do. That's what godly men do. We love on people. We build them up. We affirm them. We speak words of life. And I was doing it to this young nine-year-old, and you could just see he was so hungry for it. He didn't. He might not even have known it. I know his mom knew it. And uh, so th those are the kind of things that we do. You, you talk about fatherlessness, everyone be a baseball coach. Everyone go connect to Trail Life USA. Go find a place where there's boys who need our words of affirmation. And let's speak those words of affirmation. Yeah, because it's continuing to grow and grow and grow. And we all can be involved in our communities. Like you said, I, I appreciate you saying that. And we, as men, you know, we need to first take care of our families, like you said, and then, you know, try to help other people and be involved in other families, other people's lives and try to encourage them and help them as they uh, deal with different things that they're that they're facing. And just being there, showing up for a nine-year-old for a baseball game, that's a big deal. Um, yeah. I, have, I have people I can think of that 
showed up in my life at different ages, different times. And I'm yeah. so thankful for them, even if it was just for a baseball season or just for a right. season. And so it, it, such an impact that you can make in their life and being nice during those times, not being, not, not showing up and, and treating that kid like they're not worth something or, you know, being rude to that. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes that happens, but just being loving and letting the love of Christ flow through you to them, reading the scriptures and saying, how can I treat this kid and, and being kind to them and, and love them. Now with your ministry, have you seen any you know, things with your ministry with fatherlessness has it impacted how men respond? Do they respond better or do they, are they having with the culture shift with fatherlessness growing? Is it, have you seen anything with that where men aren't responding as good or they're responding more? Uh, well, I would say this. Uh, again, uh, I'm a relatively focused individual. And so, God, you know, I'm older now in my 60s. When I turned 50, I sensed the Lord, you know, as you get older as a Christian man, uh, the breadth of your experience and expertise broadens. And if you're not careful, you can do all kinds of things. And I was doing a little bit of that. You know, I'm an elder in the church. I'm leading small groups. I'm, you know, doing all kinds of stuff because I can. And so God spoke to me in a variety of ways, made it very clear. I need to focus on what he's given me to do, which is to build godly men. Uh, because, again, when you build godly men, everybody wins. One of the trends that I've seen and. We, we can see this in the role of fatherlessness and that in assorted ways like that is that when we don't uh, train men to step into that role as a little league coach, as, as an influence, uh, as a dad with their own sons and daughters at home, uh, with Trail Life or all these other minist outdoor ministries, which are all wonderful, safe places for guys to get involved. If we don't train them, get them involved, uh, make sure they have something tangible that they can do so they can learn to impact the next generation, they never really become the ambassadors for Christ that they were designed to be. So let me give you an illustration. Um, because a lot of men whether they have kids at home or kids have launched out of the home or they're grieving grandfathers, if they are not uh, an ambassador for Jesus with the most important people in their life, which is often, you know, blood relatives, sons and daughters, grandsons, grands, granddaughters, you know, nieces, nephews. If they are not ambassadors for Jesus with their family, they are probably not effective, ongoing, consistent ambassadors for Jesus outside their home. Yeah. And so, you know, we wonder why isn't there more marketplace ministry, which there isn't, by the way, that'd be a whole other discussion. Why isn't there marketplace ministry? Well, I, frankly, after many years of doing this, I pretty much know why there's marketplace ministry so poor. It's because home ministry is so poor, because like the issues you talk about, the roles of not equipping dads, the role of people not having a dad, when the family, uh, as God designed it, is fractured or not working as it intended. And that could mean that you you have a mom and dad and a son and daughter and all that. But if it's not working as God intended, it doesn't produce the kind of disciples who are making disciples out there in the marketplace and out there in the mission field. And so what you're talking about, when you talk about fathers, it's way bigger than just being fathers of stuff. It's way bigger. We're talking about the Great Commission. <laughs> 
We're talking about Jesus in Matthew 28, who says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples. Mm -hmm. Men are not making disciples. It's because they are not doing it with their own children or the children in their lives, the children around their, around their kids, the people that show up at their front door, their back door, they're playing basketball in their driveway that are pin the ball down the field that are showing up to the, the trail life stuff. They're not doing that. They're not, they're not being men in the, the next generation. So the chance of them being a disciple in the marketplace is next to nil. Uh, we want, we want men to, to rise up to impact the next generation when they do. See, here's what happens when a guy, when a man like you or me, sees God use them in the life of the next generation, especially people that we already love and adore, <laughs> that are close to our heart. All of a sudden, our God confidence goes up. Our faith in God grows up, grow, grows higher, and we become no vessels of noble use. And all of a sudden, we've got a story to tell, and we're witnesses and ambassadors for Christ outside the home. In the marketplace, where it's a little bit more dangerous. But if we're not doing it in places where it's not dangerous, church life, home life, if, if we're not stepping up as men, as spiritual leaders in the lives of those people, we're not going to be stepping up outside the marketplace. So um, equipping men to be fathers and father role models is way bigger than just the next generation. It's about advancing the kingdom of God around the around the world and, and it, it's it's simply the design of god that's not like a an iron sharpens iron principle that that's matthew 20 that that's seeing men who are taking even when you look at uh you're a churchman i'm a churchman you look again at the uh again the design of god uh let's just i'm going to pick one small passage first timothy three we talk to men about this all the time um What's, you know, men want to know, how am I doing? Am I doing okay? Most of life has a lot of measurables, you know, whether it's, you know, your your physical fitness or your financial fitness, all these things. But I ask guys at church, hey, how's it going with the Lord? And they go, <laughs> they have no idea. But, yeah. but yet God's word, take a look. And this is a father principle here. First Timothy 3, Paul's writing to Timothy. Timothy's now pastoring a church in Ephesus. Paul's kind of, he's an apostle, he keeps moving. But he's writing Timothy, and they say, Timothy, hey, hey, you need to have a team of men. Here's what that team, here's the qualities of those team of men. And he writes uh, in 1 Timothy 3, here's, he says, if anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, desires a noble task, the overseer must be due to do to do. He starts giving a list. You can look it up, 1 Timothy 3. When he gets to verse 4, he says, he must manage his own family well. And see that his children respect him. And then verse 5, he says, if anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? So here's the point. God is a God of sequence. Sequence. So as a man, if you're listening or watching Sean and I today, there are, there are priorities in your life. And they start in your home. They start with your, your own kids and with your extended family. Then they go to your neighbors. They go to the the people in your church, that's where it starts. You do well, you do exceptional with the people that's all God's already placed in your life. 
And as you do, you then qualify for what's next, for work outside the home, for marketplace ministry, for church ministry. But we must excel. We must, as, as the scripture says, manage our own family well and see that our children obey. So, you know, excel in the areas that God's given. So that's what we really do in our ministry, Sean. We want men to excel in the design that God has for them. That's really good. And just kind of going along with that, uh, one of the questions that we've been asked as we've traveled and spoken in churches is, I grew up without a dad. How do I be a dad? And men have that concern. And we've touched on this a little bit. Is there anything else you would share with a, say a guy came up to you at an iron sharpens iron, says, I I didn't have a dad growing up. What are the you know, first couple of things that I should focus on. And you just touched on it some. Is there anything else you would add to that? Well, for sure. I mean, I, again, I grew up uh, with a loving dad, but he never, we we had a Bible in the house. It was green. I remember because I dusted it. <laughs> we never opened it. And when I, I'm not exaggerating. We never opened it. I dusted it uh, when it was my turn to dust. Uh, so my dad couldn't point me to anything. I became a young man, and in my early days, I needed to grab somebody, like you said, you're, you're, you're scanning the horizon. I needed to grab someone who was a godly man who was a dad, a godly man who was a dad. I did not have that. I had a good man. If all you want is to be a good man, you go find a good man. If all you want is to be a good father, you go find a good father. But if you want to be a godly man and a godly father, you can either go find yourself a godly father. You need to find someone who's a step ahead of you or a step and a half ahead of you. So in my case, uh, we made some pretty uh, radical decisions as a family. We were living in New England uh, for our whole life. And we had five kids. We were living in New England. My kids at the time were... 7, 9, 11, 13, 15. I looked around at the godly dads who were struggling, struggling to launch their children into godly adulthood. Their kids were Christian kids, but their, their kids, when they were now turning 18, 19, 20, 22, 24, were not walking with God. So I couldn't quite figure that out. So I got with people, tried to understand it better, and I realized it. You know, living in New England was like living in was a mission field. It was extremely secular. It's different. Uh, you know, if you're a New Englander, you just have to see yourself as a missionary. Live like a missionary. You can't just put your kids in the stream and let them float down the river. The river's going to hell, and you don't yes. want your kids to go that on that river. You need to. You need to. So, long story short, we end up moving to Florida. Not that Florida is all that great, but it's different than New England. Yeah. And there were resources and rivers that I could get my kids involved with who were going to take them in a different direction. I didn't know that because, you know, I grew up in a home. I grew up in New England. I thought it would all work out. It doesn't all work out. It's my responsibility. That's what I am as a dad. It's my responsibility to navigate those decisions, even if they're somewhat radical, even means pulling up a family of seven and moving to a different part of the country. You do what you need to do because this is the most important role you'll ever play. Uh, so 
when it comes to being a dad, find someone who's done something like that. Find a men that you admire. Again, how we started our time together today, Sean, you were looking around. I did the same thing, Sean. I looked around. I go, who's doing well in this area? Who's a godly husband? Who's a godly uh, dad? I already know what a good dad looks like, but I want to know what a godly dad looks like. Yeah. Someone who actually reads their Bible at home. I'd go, so do you read your Bible at home? Well, you know, the kids are getting a lot at church. I go, okay, fine. That's all I want to know. And I keep on asking, do you read your Bible at home? What does that look like? Some guys would say things like they would play the piano at home. I go, yeah, we don't have a piano. That won't work. I kept on asking and I found models that I felt like I could follow that model. I could follow a model. So I did. I found guys who would do this, who would read their Bible for, this is what Brian did at home with his family, because it was modeled for me. I saw it. I touched it. I, I reproduced it. I didn't invent it. I just reproduced it. I uh, gathered my family. Uh, we gathered for breakfast before people started launching into their day. And while my children were eating breakfast, I didn't invent a new thing in my schedule or my children's schedule. They all wanted to eat breakfast. They wanted to break their fast after sleeping. So while they were eating their oatmeal, their cereal, whatever my sweet wife would give them, I would read the Bible to them. Mm. And I'd say, so what do you think? And sometimes we'd have some decent discussion. And sometimes they'd say, can I go now, Dad? You know, whatever. But I would do it on a regular basis. And 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 I would just have to say, in addition to this being modeled, uh, what I was encouraged is I was encouraged to look at Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, great Shema, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These commandments, chapter 5, that uh, I give you today are to be upon your heart, but then teach them diligently to your children or impress them on your children. And how do you do that? Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you rise up, when you lie down. So I said, okay, well, when are we sitting at home? Well, everyone's sitting at home when they're eating. So I do. I chose breakfast. You could choose dinner, whatever. Dinner seemed to have a lot of moving parts. Breakfast, everyone was there. I said, while they're eating breakfast, I'm just going to read the Bible. And I would read for five minutes. And guys would, I, I've talked to guys about this now. They go, can five minutes really make a difference? I go, eh, probably not. But if you do it regularly, right, you do it regularly, you talk about it. I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, try to get as many days you can in the week. You know, I travel a little bit, but when I'm home and, and there's breakfast going on, I'm reading the Bible year after year. After a year, we did that. All of a sudden, my kids are beginning to get, you know, they're beginning to follow the scriptures because the scriptures are being read. The scriptures are being talked about. Just like we're eating food, that's we're good. the taking of the scripture. I love that. That's that's such great advice for any man, fatherless or not, um, to be able to read your Bible with them. and to Because, I mean, we are the soul. We're the main disciplers. Our job is to disciple our kids and to help them and nurture them. Um, the Bible says, raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that's, that's our job to do that. And I, I, I'm so thankful for what you're saying. And I really appreciate it. We have to wrap up our, our time now, but as we wrap up, um, we have about a minute left. Would you share with us where to find you, your ministry to learn more about you? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd say if you're not involved in a local church, get involved in a local church. Get involved in the local church and then start asking around, asking, is there anything going on for men? 
anything going on for dads, uh, take, you know, go to a place like Trail Life USA, pull it up on a website, see if there's something going on for you. Go volunteer somewhere. I mean, you're a good man. If you're watching Sean and I, you've already communicated by your presence that you have good intentions. Now go do some good execution. Step in out there. Take, be courageous. You know, do something that's a little outside of your comfort zone for the sake of the kingdom and the next generation. And find some men to do it with. Most guys won't do this alone, at least not consistently over a period of time. But if you lock arms with a few other guys who have a heart like you do, boy, all of a sudden that's going to go way up and you can do much more together. And, and, and as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You're going to keep one another on the ball. In, in, you're going to keep each other in tune, following the Lord if you do it with other men. To learn more about how you can get involved in fatherless family ministry, visit lifefactors.org where you can find some free resources. You can find our books that we have. You can find some, even the program that we have to help you start a single mom ministry within your ministry or within your church. We can all work together to lead fatherless families to the Heavenly Father.